Well, good day to you on this staging day of the month of September in the year 2022. And this is our weekly news update. I want to thank all the networks for carrying this program, especially to the Christian Television Network, CTN. Thank you. Many things today, of course, a huge wake as the Queen is lying in state now. I think five days tomorrow is the big funeral. They say probably four billion people will watch um, the Queen's funeral, which, if you think about it, for 70 years, she's been a monarch. She's on all the money of all the Commonwealth from Canada, Australia, New Zealand, land in London, everything is the Queen, the Queen. So we'll probably report a little bit on that, but there's a lot of things we're going to talk about here today. And of course, the big one is illegal immigration. So let's roll the first clip. All right, so Martha's Vineyard will need many more illegal aliens until the island is no longer majority white. Only then can it be a good place. Yet at the same time, the people who currently go there will have to keep going. They can't run away to somewhere else. This is Tucker's great summation of what is actually taking place. Roll it. Families eating together on balconies overlooking the water. Women doing their shopping in a quaint little town on bicycles. Couples strolling along the boardwalk. Sailboats. Doesn't look that bad. Ah, but that's exactly the problem, the media told us today. Martha's Vineyard may seem like one of the richest places on the planet, but somehow, somehow, there aren't enough social services there. It's bereft of social services, unlike Brownsville. As CBS News put it, quote, Martha's Vineyard is not an urban metropolitan area with a robust social services infrastructure. There's no Justice Department immigration court where the migrants can attend asylum hearings. There's no ICE field office where migrants can check in now. But you see, Martha's Vineyard isn't, quote, an urban area with a, quote, robust social services infrastructure that other people get to deal with. And honestly, that's true. And it's kind of the whole idea. That's why DeSantis sent the illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. People who make and advocate for certain policies should at some point have to live with those policies. But until now, they haven't had to. Bill Gates goes to Martha's Vineyard. So does Oprah, James Taylor, Spike Lee, Amy Schumer, and many more. And all of them, everyone is a much better person than you are because they support diversity. And now, for the first time, they're going to have some diversity. But it's just the beginning. Martha's Vineyard will need many, many more illegal aliens, tens of thousands more until the island is no longer majority white. Only then can it be a good place. Yet at the same time, the people who currently go to Martha's Vineyard are going to have to keep going there. They can't run away to somewhere else. That would be immoral. It would be, as Michelle Obama has told us, white flight. Now, massive demographic change will obviously make Martha's Vineyard a very different sort of place. But that's okay. Change is good. Anyone who fears change is racist. We know that for sure because they've told us that for years. So where, you may ask, will all these new people live on such a small island? Simple. First, they can occupy Barack Obama's compound. There is no reason Obama needs that much space. Nobody needs that much space. You could probably fit a dozen immigrant families in Barack Obama's pool house and another five or six in the pantry. Keep going. Build a soccer field on the lawn, an outdoor goat barbecue by the back door, and bingo, you've got affordable housing. But it won't be enough. The vineyard is going to need to construct shanty towns for all these new people. But we can't call them shanty towns. Obviously, that's demeaning. So we're going to call them townships. 
after Obama's favorite country. And then we're going to give them dignified names that suggest some kind of victory over adversity. Mandela, Cesar Chavezville, Kamala Apopoulos. Now, each side, each one, will put a plaque with that famous Emma Lazarus poem, just so that everybody knows that these are not ordinary favelas. These are moral victories. As the signs say in Martha's Vineyard to this day, no human is illegal. Love is love. That's just science. But speaking of science, what will the environmental impact of all this new development be? That's a massive concern on Martha's Vineyard, and for good reason. But in this case, it's not a concern. None of these new townships will have running water or electricity. So by definition, they will be carbon neutral. It'll be part of the green revolution. Local law enforcement services won't be strained either because they won't be needed. None of these new arrivals will be bound by local laws. Why would they be? They ignored federal law to get here. There's no reason that they, sh they should have to observe the vineyards ordinances against, say, drunk driving or defecating in public. And just in case there are still vineyarders who think they have the right to protect what they own, think again, people. We refer you to the case of the fascist McCloskey family in St. Louis who once tried that, tried to defend what's theirs, and they got indicted for it. So that's not allowed. But we can't fully trust you. Somebody's going to have to go door to door to make sure that not one person on Martha's Vineyard keeps a gun at home. Because self-defense can be tempting, even for Democratic voters. There's a lot of change for the vineyard, and they're going to need to start work soon. The summer season begins on Memorial Day. So when Amy Schumer shows up to her place in June, she better be ready to find an illegal alien family using her bath towels. Yes, she will. And let's hope she doesn't complain about it. Because as Joe Biden often reminds us, illegal immigration is a gift. Guess what? They're the reason why. The legal as well as undocumented. They're the reason why our society is functioning reason why our economy is growing. We don't talk about that. We stand up and act like it's a burden. It is not a burden. It's a gift. Hear that? Hear that? Illegal immigration is not a burden. It's a gift, Dumbo. So Martha's Vineyard received an enormous gift last night. Think of it like a perpetual Christmas, but noisier. And you can't beat the timing, as Corrine Jean-Pierre just reminded us today at the White House, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. Perfect! So roll with it, Martha's Vineyard. Things are about to change a lot for you. But that's okay. Radical destructive change is the essence of anti-racism. And as you've told us so many times, you support anti-racism. Lest we need to remind you. And in any case, pretty soon you'll have no memory of the way things were before. Martha's Vineyard will feel and look just like El Paso, and that will all seem normal to you. What's El Paso like, you wonder? Haven't been there lately? Okay, well, here's some recent pictures. I want to show you an exact look of what we're seeing out here. We're right next to the Greyhound bus station, where, as we've been telling you for days now, migrants, mostly a large group of Venezuelans, have been using this area as a temporary camp and a home. Now take a look at this video from earlier this morning and overnight, where you can see migrants have set up sleeping arrangements on cardboard and mattresses in this same spot here outside the bus station. D'Agostito and other city leaders said their number one priority is to avoid people on the streets. But since CBP has been so overwhelmed with the large numbers coming in, they have been forced to release as such. As more and more people have been on the streets in recent days, sanitation and cleanliness have become a concern out here. We're not seeing any porta potties or temporary toilets, showers or sinks. And as you can imagine, the smell is beginning to add up. Oh, wow. Look, El Paso is Venezuelans too. 
And that's why tonight it's redolent of diversity, brimming with the gift of illegal immigration. That'll be Edgartown, Massachusetts, soon. But we can't stop there. Why would we? If we're really going to make Martha's Vineyard look like the world the people who vacation on Martha's Vineyard have created for the rest of us, we're going to need to import graffiti artists, and armed robbers, and subway rapists, and the drug-addicted homeless community. Many, many of those. And their tents. Why should they be living outside your house when they can be camped on Barack Obama's $12 million lawn? That seems fair. Why isn't it fair? Well, unfortunately, we don't expect Obama to see it the same way. He is a racist, as we've established, and so apparently are his fellow liberals. They are outraged by the idea of illegal aliens near their island vacation homes. Before long, they'll be tweeting in solidarity with the Vineyard's white community. Hashtag, I stand with Martha's Vineyard. Little island emojis in their bios. Hilarious. That could actually happen, by the way. Because in the end, liberals really do stand with Martha's Vineyard against everyone else. And honestly, on some level, we can kind of understand why. If we're being honest, we don't want to see Martha's Vineyard trashed. We're Americans. And Martha's Vineyard is a beautiful place. It's a sin to destroy beautiful things, always. Unfortunately, and this really is the point, Martha's Vineyard is one of a dwindling number of beautiful places left in our country. Martha's Vineyard is what most of America once was, not all that long ago. Small, socially cohesive, orderly, safe, with traditional human-centered architecture and big stretches of nature, unspoiled by industrial wind farms and dollar stores. The people who live in Martha's Vineyard now didn't build any of that. The people who did build it are long gone, along with the attitudes and values that made it possible. The people who live there now just came for the nostalgia, and all that's left, really, are the buildings and the beaches. But still, you'd hate to see them wrecked. On the other hand, at this point, we may have no choice. No sane country would allow millions of foreign nationals to walk across its borders illegally and then immediately give them government benefits in exchange for mocking our rule of law. No one would ever do that. It is suicide. Over time, it will destroy the United States. Everyone can see that, no matter what they say. But the people who vacation on Martha's Vineyard don't care. They are making this possible. They support it. They vote for it. They fund it. And they can do all of that because they are so insulated from the effects of Joe Biden's lunatic immigration policies that none of it matters to them. The country collapses. Big deal. They live on an island. But to the rest of us, it is a big deal. This is our country. We were born here. We plan to die here. We have nowhere else to go, and we don't want to live in a slum. Maybe Martha's Vineyard will finally understand. Great job, Tucker. Next. All right, so this is uh, a meme. Roll this. I know you got a lot of problems downtown, but I've got a couple of problems at the house I wish you could take care of. One, I've got some cats parking in front of the house. I can't get and that garbage truck next to the office has gone. So what I need is a red zone. It's a simple thing you can take care of. Honey, honey, would you come here a minute, please? Obviously, it's a meme. There's uh, several of them that are pretty hilarious. Uh, that probably is not the funniest one I've seen, but it's still a meme. Next. All right. Happening now. Migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard 
about Florida's governor of boarding buses. They'll be heading to Joint Base Cape Cod, according to officials. 125 mass national Massachusetts National Guard members are being used to assist. So now, oh, they were there, what, 48 hours? And they're removed. Roll this. Amazing. They were there for like just over a day and they're thrown out. Wow. Should we be doing this on our borders? Next. The media is celebrating the supposedly incredible hospitality of Martha's Vineyard, which bust the Venezuelan migrants out after one day. Laptop class coastal elite vibes, very low hospitality standards. Next. Roll this. So, what are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are uh, we have, at some point in time, they have to move here to somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we, we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. Well, that goes for every other city and town and village in America, too. Wake up. Next. Breaking report, MSNBC reporter forced to admit live on the air that migrants are not angry at Ron DeSantis, and they're actually thanking him for having brought them to Martha's Vineyard. That's ridiculous. All right, next. Just as quickly as they arrived, the Martha's Vineyard immigrants have been politely kicked off the island by the inclusive and tolerant rich white liberals. And this is not Babylon Bee. It's called Not the Bee. It is one of their sites, but they've been kicked off the island. Next. Florida's governor DeSantis sending asylum seekers to Martha's Vineyard like me taking my trash out and just driving to different areas while I live and throwing the trash out there. Founding member of the foundation which helped refugees say. This is, this is what NBC News tweeted and then deleted the tweet. So if you read that, look at it. Me taking my trash out and just driving to different areas where I live and throwing the trash out there. So they're referring to these refugees as trash? Really? Next, Kamala Harris' statement, we have a secure border is further evidence that she's either completely disconnected from reality or she's blatantly lying. Either way, she has no business being a heartbeat away from the presidency. Roll this. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Really? Seriously? Next. M Martha's Vineyard set a beautiful example for the nation. They used the military to deport every last illegal immigrant from the island in less than 48 hours. The entire nation should emulate Martha's Vineyard. Send them all back. Next. Biden's been in the Senate for 720 years. Obviously, he was joking. This was not a slip-up he made, but... Basically, it fits right in along with all the other slip-ups. Maybe he's doing it to cover up for, who knows? Maybe he's been told, make some jokes about how long you've been in the Senate. Roll this. I say some of my colleagues have been around a long, how long we've been fighting for him? How long we've been taking on these interests? From the time I got to the Senate 720 years ago. I'm serious. Think about it. So um, there wasn't a slip, obviously, he was joking, but basically that's how long they've been there.
If you add him and all the other people, they've been there 720 years, what have they done? Nothing. Nothing. Next. All right, uh, DeSantis challenger for Florida governor, Charlie Chris told Good Morning America he wants vaccine passports for Florida. So I tweeted, Chris sounds like a winner to me. Bring it right back to me. Vaccine passports for Florida? How about no? Next. Denmark has now banned the COVID vaccine for people under 50 unless approved by a doctor. So the House of Cards is collapsing. Next. New Zealand drops masks and vaccine mandates in sweeping reversal of most COVID policy. What? I mean, how? They just drop everything immediately? This, they were the, one of the most strictest nations on the planet, and they just dropped it? I think maybe they're, she's running for re-election. Who knows what's going on? Next. A data leak suggests the real reason health officials don't want individual vaccine vials examined by independent scientists is that the vials are different and the mRNA in the shots is not intact. Next. There is no science. We made it up. Roll this. So I asked him, I said, so Dr. Redfield, can you tell me, can I, can I get an example of the science and the studies that the CDC um, used to make that social distancing six feet, etc." And uh, he had come to our office to have a discussion with a couple of my bosses. And I was there in part of the meetings. So I was walking with him after the, the, the meeting. And um, he looked at me in a, in a and, and we got along well. And he chuckled and he said, Paul, science, this, this is para, what he said, science. Uh, there was no science. We made it up. And I was stunned. I stood there and I looked and said, oh, Dr. Redford, what do you mean made it up? And like, I was laughing. And he said, well, you know, some people talk 12 feet, some said nine, some said one, some countries talked about three feet. It looked like six feet would have worked. And uh, so we went with six feet. And um, when I started to share this information that I was so stunned and I couldn't understand how the United States, we made a six feet policy that businesses closed forever because of the six feet policy. People couldn't hold on in their businesses to have six feet between the 12 chairs that they had in their restaurant, they had to close. And those, some of those business owners self-harmed. We knew because the data was coming from the states up to our office at HHS first before we wound it up to the White House. And I can tell you, they have business owners that committed suicide because of that six feet rule. It eventually destroyed their lives and their livelihood. And the reality about it, even Scott Gottlieb, I believe, that I believe I heard him say that once in a press release recently, more recently, that the six feet rule was arbitrary and just made up. So I was vindicated because that was the fact. And it's really shocking that the CDC, et cetera, made policy like that, that affected the lives. It was not based on science. When Dr. Walensky came on the news last week, week before, and stated that, you know, CDC, we made, um, at some point, she said really um, dramatic mistakes. Criminals should all be arrested. Next. All right. The WHO says the end is in sight for the COVID pandemic as deaths drop. Really? It's over, baby. Next. All right. Clark Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari destroying a lot of employment, adding non-organic immune system. If you're left behind, we won't need you. Roll this. I'm convinced that we will destroy, unfortunately, a lot of employment. 
uh, just think of uh, self-guided cars uh, um, and all the drivers losing their jobs. L let's look at the bank employees and so on. If you're left behind, you're facing something far worse, which is to be completely irrelevant. They won't even need you as a serf or as a slave. Direct brain computer interfaces, replacing uh, organic hands with bionic hands, uh, adding to the body a second immune system, which is not organic, but an inorganic immune system, uh, made up of millions of tiny, tiny nanorobots inside your body. And if we hack the brain, and if we understand how billions of neurons create subjective experiences of anger and love and pain and pleasure, then there should be no barrier for recreating these kinds of experiences based on silicon and not carbon, based on uh, uh, computers and not brains. These people are out of their minds, folks. If you think that this is normal, this is what the World Economic Forum is all about, and this is what Agenda 2030 is all about. And you may think this is all conspiracy theory, you got your head in a hole in the ground. You need to wake up and oh, there he goes with another conspiracy theory. No, this is fact. This is what is being planned. Wake up. Next. Can you imagine 10 years when we're all sitting here, we have an implant in our brains and I can immediately feel because you will all have implants and we'll measure your brain waves. Roll it advancing very fast. But can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains, and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable? Um, I, I think that is imaginable. I think um, I, I think you know you can imagine that. You can imagine well, you're going to be sort of transplanted into you know the the internet, so to speak, to live forever in a digital realm. Uh, you know, you can imagine that you know you just in your biological incarnation are going to live to be some you know very long age. Uh, Insane. Next. All right, so uh, agency temperature discrepancies and obfuscations is likely, putting it mildly, book cooking and fraud might be more accurate in terms of the temperature of the planet. This is a fact. Next. Yuval Harari, who we just heard, climate change may lead to the technological Noah's Ark for elites. Really? You're going to have a Noah's Ark? Unfortunately, it's going to fail because you don't have God on your side. So your ark is sunk before you even set sail. Next. All right, so uh, never forget the world's elite put million-dollar limousines into billion-dollar jets to fly around the world to tell you to reduce your carbon footprint. So when plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men in society over the course of time, they create for themselves a legal system that authorizes it and a moral code that glorifies it. Frederick Bastiat. Next. All right. 
This is the people that have lost their minds. Roll it. They're laying flowers on stake because these animals have died. Just for that, I'm eating meat today. I'm going to eat steak today just because of that. Next. Norway's largest carrot farmer had to throw away 80 tons of carrot because he cannot afford the electricity prices. Next. All right, uh, gastos linked to asthma in children, adult cancer, scientists warned. Really? Is it, is it because of gastos or is it because of the vaccines? Next. In Brazil, invasion of crocodiles have flooded one of the beaches for several hundred, even thousand, and uh, the local population is panicking. I would too roll it. Who wants to go sit on the beach? Nothing like a nice snapping crocodile. All right, bring them back to me. To me, that represents a lot of nice shoes and boots. All right, next. Uh, this is in Italy. Roll it. Obviously, there's no energy, so I think this is probably a joke or a spoof because he would probably burn the house down. But it's at least getting the point across. Because if you don't have any energy, how are you going to make food, you know? How are you going to cook your food? So personally, I think it's a joke, but it's funny nonetheless. Next. All right, Germans switch to costly fan heaters as gas shortage fear bites. Next. Uh, world's most advanced humanoid robot promises not to take over the world. Sure, cybernets already in place. Next. Uh, this was broadcast to... Australia in 1984. Roll it. Original problem. Heard the worst of the Aborigines into one area and put a chemical in their water that sent them sterile. In time, there'd be none of them left. Well, that solution has been put forward by none other than one of the Premier's closest friends, West Australian mining magnate, Lang Hancock. Those that have been assimilated into you know, earning good living or earning wages amongst the civilised areas, that have been accepted into society and they have accepted society and can handle society, I'd leave them well alone. The ones that are no good to themselves and can't accept things, the half-caste, and this is where most of the trouble comes, I would dope the water up so that they were sterile and would breed themselves out in the future, and that would solve the problem. Next. All right, so here's a high-rise building burning. That's why I don't like these high-rises. Rollers. The government says nobody died. Really? They were crispy critters. Next. All right, New Orleans overtakes St. Louis to become the murder capital of America. Okay, bring it right back to me. Folks, I have so much more on the news, some of the things I'll put in next week's program. The only hope is Jesus, obviously. That's why we preach the gospel, get people saved, their hearts change. If you don't know him today, invite him to come and be your Lord and Savior right now. Pray this together with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. And from this day, I'll serve you. I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I receive the free gift of salvation today. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you're part of the family of God. I want to send you a book that's going to help you. The address is on the screen. Please just follow.
follow through with the instructions. We'll send it right to your email. And if you want a hard copy of that, I'll get it to you as well. If you're anywhere in the Central Florida area, come visit us right here at the River Tampa Bay Church every Sunday morning, 9.30, Sunday nights at 7 o'clock, and then every night for the stand that's taking place right here. Well, that's all the time we have for in the program today. I want to tell you we love you, and Jesus loves you. See you again next week. God bless.